Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are in the world today, I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. It's so good to be here. It's so exciting to know that you can read the marvelous Word of God and experience that moment in time when you are in direct communication. And somehow it's like no other moment in my life. My name is Phyllis and I am the host of Wow, What a Show. This is indeed the outreach, uh, the audio, the live podcast outreach of Rehoboth Institute of the Arts. And as you probably know, um, at the end of our live recording, I upload these episodes to our um, our site on Podbean so that uh, people who have missed it can hear it again or uh, those who are, you know, uh, wanting to hear it again can hear it again as well. God bless you all and thank you so much for being here. I greet Pastor Thomas. I greet um, Tony Ritchie. And Light Touch, you're so faithful. I greet Reams. Um, bless your heart. I am so glad that you're here. I do pray that you can hear me. Is that true? Somebody just put a little Y in the thing and I'll know that it is so. Alrighty. I want you to kind of know what, what I do. I come on now just a little bit early and I just play our very exciting music, you know, that music that I love so much. I, did, I actually have another piece that is really the theme music of um, Rehoboth and I love it too. Both are pieces of great delight because I feel so, what is it, happy to read God's uh, word and to be with you. So our music is upbeat and lovingly uh, welcoming everyone. Listen, wherever you are in the whole world, you know, like we're in so many different time zones that um, I have to say good morning, good afternoon, good evening. And for some, it's early, early morning. And for others, it's midday. And for others, it's, you know, the time that I am in the time zone. But wherever you are, no matter what time of day it is, remember Psalm 19 tells us that the heavens declare the glory of God, that the firmament shows his handiwork, that day unto day utter speech and night unto night knowledge. One day I'm going to do that whole psalm. There are many, many psalms that I love. Um, I mean, I think I love all 150 of them, but Psalm 119 speaks uh, very, very poignantly of the fact that every day of our lives, every day we can behold the wonder and the glory of our God in his created world. And every night shows forth his knowledge, his intelligence, his knowing above all that we can possibly know. And you know, scientifically, we could really get into that and begin to expound on some things that we know just a little that we know, having gone to school and studied that little bit of science that we studied, some of us maybe more. We could just talk about what we understand and know of the day, of the firmament, of the night, of the knowledge, of those things that are transpiring in all 24 hours of each cycle that we call a day. And we would be absolutely astounded when we begin to recall 
to um, share what we observe in a day. God in his way is more than wonderful. We've had some really good moments reading through, at least I have. And I remind you all that I am looking at uh, the, the, the established church. It didn't come on the day of Pentecost alone. It was preceded by this work that Jesus Christ did as he walked with his disciples. It was preceded by those things that he taught and that he mentored and trained them to be aware of and to do and to perform in the new covenant. And I just am so amazed, you know, sometimes you read and read and think, you know, and you read again and lo and behold, the Holy Spirit unveils even more. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when we are actually in the presence of the Lord at that supper and beyond in the eternal reign that we shall experience and in this place we call heaven? You know, the the Bible tells us that then we shall know, mm, good word, even as we are known good word, right? We are going to know even more. And we are probably going to say to ourselves, how are we so dull living in the earth to not have seen, to not have understood, to not have perceived all that this marvelous God is. But we shall know. And we look forward to that, right? Tonight, we are reading from chapter 12. Once again, I put out the call. If you are up to it and ready, we would love to have you join in the reading of the gospel of John. It's a wonderful gospel. You know, when I was in Bible college, they taught us that Luke was the, um, you know, it has a specific uh, declination, so to speak, uh, of how the physician shows uh, Jesus Christ in the earth. And Matthew, another one, and uh, Mark, the other one, and John, another one. But I read another take on that, and I, I don't remember all the others, but I remember this one. John shows Jesus Christ as the Son of God and coming from heaven. Oh, now I kind of know Matthew shows him as coming from uh, Abraham, you know, and, and so forth. And everybody shows him coming from somebody. But John, this book, this wonderful uh, relationship that John puts forth for us shows him as the divine coming forth from almighty God, from heaven. And there it is. We have met that and we are excited about that. That's why the tone of this gospel is a little, a, a little more pastoral. It's a little more, um, ad, uh, adoring. It's a little more of a, an up close and personal kind of experience. And it tells the story gently, tenderly. We move along. It's almost as if we're getting a day by day account, but we know we are not because it is also one is not as short as the gospel of Mark, but it's shorter than Matthew or Luke. So we're not getting the fullness of the detail in, and John tells us that he could not even begin to write all that Jesus did because 
He did so much. So we're going to read. And I have sitting in the co-host seat with me tonight, Ms. Reem. I am so glad about it. Won't you say good evening, if you like? Good evening, family. It's good to be here. I'm sorry. We can't hear you. We cannot. Oh, maybe. Okay. Let's say it again. Just, it's very low for me. I don't know about everyone else. If you are near your, um, your speaker on your phone, if you would, please, uh, come in a little louder if you can. So, uh, I did hear you, but it's still quite low. Yes. Not, uh, okay. So they cannot hear you. It is, it's, I get the message now. Uh, people cannot hear you. So if we are, um, you know, challenged in cyberspace like that, uh, then, you know, we, we will do the next best thing and just cover it all. Um, so let me see. If you will, if you will speak again, uh, Sister Rima, and let's see if we can hear you. Well, uh, I can, but it seems that the audience cannot, the live audience cannot. Uh, so maybe we will work on that. Do yeah, we'll work on that, uh, Sister Rima. They can't hear you. It seems that okay. Uh, me too. <laughs> no, that's okay though. Hang tough, right? It may change after a minute. So everyone, uh, Rima says she's very sorry that she cannot be heard. Sometimes, like I said, the kind of phone that we use, uh, can be, um, a little less compatible with this particular platform. The more I use it with others, the more I understand now that sometimes it's nothing, there's nothing we can do about it. We do our best and pray for the rest. And we shall start today with prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are our Father, and we together make up those blessed children who are accepted as the beloved, in the beloved, and are living under your rule and reign, even now, not to come, but now. Thank you for that wonderful position that you have given us. It is written in your word that we are actually seated in God with Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Thank you, Father. Thank you. Your way is beyond our understanding and miraculous in our own eyes and understanding. We ask you to walk with us through this chapter. Father, you've been with us through the reading of the whole book. Help us tonight. Open our eyes. Open our ears. Heal our lame walk and cause us, Lord God, to be worthy of being called your own I pray in the name of Jesus Christ and ask you, Father, to speak to individuals as you always do. Let each of us carry forth with us from the reading tonight that which is healing and refreshing to our very being. We love you, Lord, as best we know how. And I know that you're going to continue to teach us how 
to indeed respond and love you more and be more like you as you are our Father and we are your children. We ask and receive, receive it. We recognize ourselves to be all that you say that we are right now and going forward in Jesus Christ's name. And we say, Amen. Alrighty, so guys, we're going to begin with um, chapter 12. Chapter 12. Chapter 12. And I, I just want to check something before we continue. Uh, one, one second, please. Everyone, hold on. Before I begin to read, I am going to make sure that... Um, I hope that my, um, yes, I think I'm, I think I'm connected here as I ought to be. Okie dokie. Chapter 12, verse 1. We will continue. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead when he raised from the dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Then Jesus said, let her alone. Against the day of my burying hath she kept this. For the poor always you have with you, but me you have not always. Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death, because that he, by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. On the next day, Many people that were had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat thereon, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, thy king cometh, sitting on an ass's coat. These things understood not his disciples at the first. But when Jesus was glorified, then remembered them that those things were written on him, that they had done these things unto him. The people, therefore, that were with him, when he called Lazarus out of his grave and raised him from the dead, bear record. For this cause, the people also met him, for that they heard that he had done this miracle. The Pharisees, therefore, said among themselves, 
Perceive ye how ye prevail nothing? Behold, the world is going after him. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that leave, leaveth, loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto his unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And when I am where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said, an angel spake unto him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And if I, if I be lifted from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. The people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. And how sayest thou, the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus said unto him, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While ye have light, believe in the light, that you may be the children of light. Mm. Y'all, I, I am so taken when I read this word that is so hard for me to continue, but I shall press forward. Thank you, Jesus. These things spake Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe because that Isaiah said again, He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, that they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. 
Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that sent me seeth him that sent me. I am come a light unto the world, that whosoever believeth on me shall not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my word and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejects me and receives not my words hath one that judges him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which hath sent me. He gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. Hallelujah. What a word. Glory to God. In this chapter, we see that Jesus Christ has come again to his friend's home. Well, it is actually believe that they, he's not at uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus's house, but at someone called Simon the leper. Nonetheless, he is gathered again with them. And Martha, of course, is doing what Martha does. She is preparing and serving. <laughs> That's what um, Martha's of the world do. Mary, on the other hand, is not doing that Again, she is the same Mary who Martha said, Lord, she is not working with me to set the table. She's not helping me out. But she was sitting at the feet of Jesus and learning, adoring, being with him while he was there. And here she is now. You know, it is the tradition in the country where my husband comes from, Ethiopia. Uh, and so we see in the Bible also that when a person travels to your home, when they get there, you wash their feet. To tell you the honest to goodness truth, that is the very thing that caused me to fall in love and marry this man that I am with today. However long we've been together is so long I can hardly remember. After I had done a big production in uh, Durham, I choreographed for colleges. I was very in that place where I usually get, you know, you kind of don't want to go home because you are so, um, there's, there's a, there's a heightened, uh, sensitivity and awareness of it. So you just don't kind of come down that fast. Like you kind of want to sit and, and, uh, do something else. You know, when I was in New York, I used to go out. And uh, with my dancer friends, and we would sit at a restaurant for hours after a performance. This particular night in North Carolina, this production had been extremely successful. It was a wonderful thing, not because of me, but because people like my dear, um, what's her name there, Light Touch was in it. They are phenomenal people. We had done a production of uh, Don't Bother Me, I Can't, uh, Don't, what is it? I say don't bother me because I can't cope, right, cope. And um, so it was a, it was really good and it was very spirited that night. And Tad invited me to dinner. And when I got 
to the place. He, he lived with somebody. So I went over, right? And when I went in, he washed my feet at the front, right as you come into the door, right there was a seat. And there this man knelt and washed my feet. And this is what Mary is doing. See the adoration, the, the, um, the care, the love that she felt for Jesus Christ caused her to do something. Now, what Tad did for me, it had to be spiritual because it really, woo, it really, I was in shock at this thing. And I greatly admired him for having done so. Mary, on the other hand, the, 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 the table is turned. She greatly admires Jesus Christ. And I believe that the spirit revealed to her that you are anointing his feet. Because this man is going to do something that no other man, no other person could ever do. And the custom of the Jews was to anoint the dead body and put those spices around it. She anoints his feet with a very costly oil. And we can see that it was costly because Judas gets upset that she is using it because it could have been sold. And he gives the 300 denarii or whatever he says there. And uh, from my reading, it says it's about a year's salary for someone who works. That's a lot of money for a, an oil. And yet it is in her possession. Who can know how long it took her to save up and buy it or how it came by, but it's still a very costly, costly thing that she did there. She gave out of her uh, out of her um, wealth, so to speak. Not that she was rich, but we have certain things that we value. And she used that. And then, with her hair, she wipes his feet. With her hair. And you wonder to do yourself. She came down to a norm. Why didn't she bring a cloth or whatever it is they use to do so? But, you know, the adoration of God will cause you to be without uh, vision for those around you. You can be so absolutely cocooned in with the moment with Jesus Christ that you really don't think about anything else. And I suspect that that was the moment like that for Mary. So she anoints him and Judas speaks, but Jesus says, leave her alone because it is for my burial against the day of my burial. It is in this spiritual thing that is going to take place. This very holy experience that is forthcoming and very near that Mary has performed this deed. And he says, the poor you have always with you, but I am here. Wonder how we think about things, right? How do we reason things that are happening around us? Are we spiritually inclined sufficiently to see really what God is doing in a moment? I believe with all my heart that Mary was moved by the Spirit to do what she did. And that ointment filled the house, the aroma, because it was a very costly and a very uh, fragrant oil. And I just make candles and the aroma of the oils that I use will fill 
one part of my house. And really and truly, if it's, a, you know, if I'm freshly done and I'm using those fragrances, I can walk the whole first floor and smell this fragrance. It's filled the space. The aroma that comes from what God has done, his love fills the world. Really and truly, when we tell the story, right, God is, his aroma, his freshness, what he does, he is admired. He is uh, seen as a great man, even when people don't believe him. That aroma of what has happened. And Jesus Christ reminds them again, if I be lifted up, I will draw. The aroma draws when people, you know, a woman walks past a man, and she has on a beautiful perfume. It happened at our, our auction at the shop one day. These guys were walking past Miss Shirley's shop and they came back and said, what do we smell? So I said, you smell the candles. So the guy came in and he sniffed and he sniffed. He said, that's not what I smell. So he went out and he came back. He, he walked down and he came back again. And he went into Shirley's this time. And he said, that's what I smell. You see, the aroma draws, it draws. What God has done is aromatic like that. It will draw. And he was lifted up. So there we have it, right? But there here we see Jesus, Judas, Judas's true character. He didn't care for the poor. He cared for the money. He carried the purse. And I bet you he probably dipped into that purse because you see, he was kind of the uh, treasurer. <laughs> and who would question? If he said we have $5, then we trust him. He has $5. But they might have had $45 and he spent 40 and left over the five because it doesn't seem to me like people were checking behind this group of people. They were in a relationship that caused them to have a level of trust. But Jesus Christ knew in that he is the almighty God. Yes, such a beautiful and humble expression of love and appreciation. Worship and praise says, uh, uh, that was Reams and Gab says, um, um, a picture, an expression of welcoming love. Clean me up, O oh Lord. Set my feet on paths of righteousness. Absolutely. This story is absolutely beautiful. It is tender, but it is also for me a spiritual revelation that coincides with his words. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. I tell you, I was at a, uh, I was in uh, Guayaquil, which is in Ecuador, South America. And the worship was, I mean, just seas and scores of people were there. And the preacher was preaching. He had a, an interpreter. She was very anointed. Oh my goodness. What a moment in time for me. And I was with the worship team. So I'm standing on the side waiting for our, you know, us to go on. There are not a lot of people where I was standing. And all of a sudden, I was so, yeah, I was already high in the spiritual uh, thing that was happening there and just looking at all these people praise and be so receptive to God's word. And then in a moment, I smelled the most amazing, beautiful fragrance. It just 
happened, right? So I looked around and I asked my girlfriend, do you smell it? She didn't smell it. I started to walk through the crowd to see who who smelled like that, where this aroma was coming from. I could not locate it. I don't know you all, but in that moment, it just coincided with the anointing that God had put on these people who were telling his word. How beautiful are the feet of them who carry the message of this wonderful salvation. It is written, that aroma was very telling. It was very revealing. It was very drawing. Oh, it did draw me. And I searched for it and finally I gave it up and I said, Father, thank you. That was the most beautiful smell I think I have ever smelled. I say it was like lavender, but it wasn't lavender. I could say it was like uh, my favorite uh, in, in the in the summertime, the sweet magnolia tree. Oh, what a great fragrance. But it was stronger. It was more pungent than that. I could say it was like many things, but I cannot tell you what it was. Not ever. It was very strong, and it seemingly was for me and me alone. Hallelujah. There are times when God will meet you and me just like that, and it'll be just for you. He's drawing us nearer, closer, in more submission, recognizing his presence even more and more, being more acutely aware that he is near, he is right there, and you can all but touch him because the embrace of whatever he's doing is so profound, you cannot ignore it. This is our God. I love this word. And so we go on. These chief priests also are showing up. They are so jealous and so concerned with what is happening and the crowd that Jesus Christ is, has drawn that they even want to kill Lazarus because Lazarus is a testimony. He is a living witness. Not that he would ever say a word, but everybody now has heard that this man, Jesus, raised the dead. Guys, let me tell you, this was in their scriptures. So we get on up here to, uh, where is it? Uh, verse 12 says, on the next day, many people came to the feast um, when they heard that Jesus was coming, right? And they took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, okay, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel. Isn't that something? Just like that, because you see, they were waiting for a king. They knew that he was coming. And so here they respond, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. The, the anointing of God, the, the uh, picture, the image. We say we are made in the image of God, but Jesus Christ truly was because he said, if you see me, you see the father. If you've known me, you know the father. You see, in the image of God, he comes because he is God. And therefore, we look at beauty. We look at the external. We look at the eyes and the hair, you know, and the body and the, how it's built and the beauty of the image itself as we are blind and can only see that. But Jesus Christ came in the real image of God, in that 
his performance in this world, his presence here was a presence of Almighty God. What he did, what he said, how he spoke, how he thought, how he cared, how he loved. Everything that he did was who God is. Oh, it's deep. It's wide. It is profound. It is personal. And yet it is public. This is our God in the flesh. And not only that, it is written here, and Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat on it as it was written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, thy king cometh sitting on an ass, the coat, of a, 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 an ass's coat, the, the, the coat of an ass is what it is. That is a fulfillment of the prophecy that is written in the book of Zechariah. You can read it for yourself in the uh, ninth chapter. And these things understood not his disciples at the first, as I read before, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written. And he also in this, he's fulfilling the prophecies set forth by um, Isaiah when these um Pharisees, the chief, the chief, the priest and the Pharisees, they come and they want to kill him. They don't want him to live because you see they're going to take away their what they perceive as glory and position and power. They're afraid that somebody is going to replace them. I remember right uh, down in Virginia when that uh, group of people went out and crashed a car, you know, in, in protests against the people who were there to pull down some of those old images. I think that's what was going on. But you remember what was said about the Jews? The, the people, I'm saying, how did they know the Jews were in the crowd? These Jews will never replace us. That came out of that madness that went there. Jealousy, fear, all of this stuff binds the heart of the blind and those who have no spiritual perception. Don't you know that God is going to do what God will do? And there is nothing at all we can do about it. And when we start trying to make it different, what we do is entangle ourselves in a web that God will definitely judge. You will never get by, nor I will ever get by, which is why we should always acknowledge the Lord in everything that we think not just do. What are you thinking? And is your thinking aligning with who you say you are and who your Savior is? Would Jesus Christ think or say this thing? Would Jesus have this sentiment against a brother or an enemy? Tell me, what would Jesus do? Remember the book, the book, What Would Jesus Do?, which was made into a film. My mother introduced me to it. I read it. And it's very, very much, you know, it's it, it's kind of a simplistic way. But when you actually ask the question every time you are involved in decision making or responding to others, that question works out in you. <laughs> a process of thought and insight 
that will make you think twice before you actually make that final decision. What indeed is my father thinking, saying, doing? And what now shall I do in that I live in him? He lives in me. I am his redeemed child, born again of his spirit. Check me, Lord. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have debts against us, who trespass against us. That's how the prayer goes. Forgive me as I forgive others. Forgive me as I forgive others. So I can't say, Lord, forgive me if I indeed am not forgiving others, right? So then, uh, these things, verse 16 says, that they did not understand um, until, of course, he was glorified. And then they did 16 through 19. But the, the, in verse 19, the, 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 the um, Pharisees therefore said among themselves, perceive ye how you prevail nothing. Behold, the world is gone after him. And, and, and there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. Excuse me, the same came therefore to Pi, uh, to Philip, and they wanted to see Jesus. So they asked, and uh, Philip told Andrew, and Andrew uh, and Philip went and, and they told Jesus, and Jesus told them, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Truly, truly, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat, a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Is that not what the death of Jesus Christ has done? It has brought forth much fruit. Fruit in you, and we know the fruit of the Spirit. We know what it is, love, joy, peace, uh, forbearance, all of that, right? But also the fruit of many born again into this kingdom, into the spirit of the Lord, into this eternal life that is prepared for those who love him. Jesus Christ, that corn of wheat put into the ground and covered over to be resurrected, go up again and recruit just from the act itself. He was lifted up. He was raised. He draws. And many have come to know him. He furthermore says, he that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. And I think at this point, he's really speaking back to these Pharisees, these people who are so overtaken with their own, you know, frantic jealousy, fear and whatever of that. They are loving this life. They are grasping something that is temporal. But Jesus explains, when you live like that, you will actually lose your life. But if you then are willing to hate this 
temporalness. And I don't think he means hate in the, in the, in the sense that we probably feel, you know, a, a disgust and an anger against and all of that, but rather hate it to the degree that I refuse to give into it, into its uh, trends, into its ways, into uh, those, that part of me that wants to do whatever it takes to hold on to that which is not mine even to hold on to, that which is fleeting away and will only suffice in a moment. We watch people uh, who are power hungry, greedy, and trying to restore what is past, which is never going to happen, really not the way that it was. They desire to control others to make their lives look like they want them to out in the world. To me, that's even a foolish way of thinking. You cannot even do that, right? But these people, this is what they are trying to do. They are trying to grab hold to what God is releasing. <laughs> you can't keep it if God is letting it go. And so we cooperate with him rather than stand and push against him. Like he told Paul, it is futile to, 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 to you know, push against the, the goal. You, you might as well give it up, Paul. And Paul gave it up on the Damascus Road. He gave it up. He surrendered. But look what the Lord had to do to get him to do so, right? Do we have to go through so much pain in order to receive this precious gift of salvation? And Jesus Christ knows that he is at that this hour of his death, of his uh, uh, passion, we call it, is upon him. And he says, now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say, Father, save me from this? This is what I came to do. I shall not do it. This is what I came to do. And I'm walking to it. And then he turns to God. Glorify me. Father, just glorify me. And I don't think he means give me glory like that. Make me, you know, somebody that these people exalt and look up to. No, I believe he's saying God Give me the grace to endure it, that you are pleased with me, and that when all is said and done, you will say, it has been accomplished. Your goal, not mine. Glorify me. Let me be your vessel. Move me to the very end. Today, I received, uh, as every every day we receive, a group of us, uh, a, a a beautiful emoji from a pastor friend of ours, right? And today, for the second time, it struck me. She is so persistent in this. Every morning, she does it. Whether we respond or we don't, she sends that blessing to us. It is a carefully chosen, beautiful emoji that says something about our day with regards to our salvation. And I wrote back, may the Lord in this day check off every task, everything that you must complete to fulfill his plan for your life. And then I said, oh my, may it also be true for me. May I do what God 
has called me to do. And today, may I finish a work, a task, a saying, or a, a reading, or something that brings me to that end. Let me, Father, finish my course by not wasting, not a moment, in any day. Let me work while it is day. And that's what Jesus Christ goes on and he told them, work while it is light. If you walk in the light, you see, we must walk in the light. And when he said, glorify me, this voice came uh, and said, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. And I believe he's saying again and again and again, over and over till I sound the trumpet in the last day. Your name is glorified. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Under that, you and I have this precious thing we call salvation. It is precious, precious, valuable. It has worth beyond this world. It speaks to an eternity where nothing will ever be this way again. So we don't hold on to this because I have not seen nor entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. Do you love him? I certainly ask him to make it real. Make me love you, because let me tell you what we don't know about love will uh, make a whole different world. What we do feels not even a teacup. I need you, Father, to show me how to love and definitely how to love you. Fix me, Jesus. Fix me. And some said it thundered, but others said an angel spoke to him. Something happened. In that moment, remember the gospels are considered eyewitness accounts of the life of Christ. Anything that is retold in such a short span of time after someone's death can be considered an eyewitness account because several people give the account and the accounts line up. By the way, historians were also writing this that happened. We're in verse 33. Then he said, signifying what uh, death that he said uh, again, and if I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. The people answered him, we have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. But how does he say this? That, you know, he must be lifted up. What does he mean? And Jesus said, yet a little while is the light with you. He's the light. Remember in the beginning? And he was the light and the light was the life of men. This is Jesus Christ. Little, A little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light. Lest darkness come upon you. For he that walks in darkness doesn't know where he's going. These are profound words, you all. Just meditating. I cannot do it justice, but the Holy Spirit can. If you just sit there and read it and say, Father, talk to me, show me, tell me, get me deeper, make me understand more. He will do it. He will do it. I promise you, he will 
do it. Walk while you have light. Believe in this light that you may be the children of light. Am I a child of light, Lord? These things he spoke and departed and did hide himself from the crowd. See, they think they can take him when they want to take him. But that hour, the hour, the very moment has already been planned by God and therefore not until he says so. Not until the appointed time has arrived. Not until the fullness of time has come. Hmm. And then we drop down to verse um, 37 but though he had done, uh, though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him, so that the sayings of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke. And you can go to Isaiah, I think it's forty-one, and you will read this: Lord, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord, the arm of the Lord? Remember, the arm of the Lord, the right hand of the Lord is struck with power. The right. Hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord from the sides of the Lord. Who has believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe because Isaiah said again, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, that they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. And you wonder, why would the Lord do such a thing? Because these people, like that Pharaoh, see, Moses kept going and talking to Pharaoh and telling him, but the Lord said, I've hardened his heart. I wonder if that translation should not have been he has hardened his own heart. He has rejected so much that it is not possible for him to come. And these people have sought to kill the Lamb of Glory so many times. In their hearts, there is no room for truth. They have pushed it back. They refuse to go in and investigate so that they will know beyond a shadow of a doubt what they are doing. No, they have hardened their hearts and God just keeps the seal on it. That's how I see it. That seal, you know, when you put you when you put a big old cover on something and it's trying to come out but it can't, no, that's it. Because I believe, just like the Psalm writes, the Spirit of the Lord will not always strive with men. There comes a point when there is no return. You cannot go back. And I don't think it's because you're doubting and, 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 and questing. I think it's because you've turned your, you've just turned yourself inside out and said, I refuse. It is a willful, evil choice. And there it is. And this, of course, is the fulfillment of prophecies that were written in, we, we re- looked at uh, Zechariah and that was chapter nine of Zechariah. Uh, he will come in on a colt, you know, and these people praise ye the Lord as from Psalm 118 and then hear from Isaiah, who hath believed our report.
Therefore, they could not believe because that Isaiah said again, and we've read that. These things Isaiah said when he saw his glory and spake of him, nevertheless, among the chief rulers. Now, you know, the the thing that it, when you read the sixth chapter of Isaiah, I always thought it was the first chapter. I don't know why I was reading way back in those, you know, just eating and consuming God's word. But I think it's actually the sixth chapter, verse one, it says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord high and lifted up and the train of his uh, glory filled the temple and I fell down as one with unclean lips you know that whole scripture oh my goodness that just carries me away and that's what I'm I'm recalling here as Isaiah saw him right and, and remember also for the book club we studied a little bit of Isaiah and it and and I learned that Isaiah is a book that is and a, a collection of many of Isaiah's sermons. So it's not a book that he just sat down and wrote from chapter one to chapter 66 or however far it goes, right? But it is a compilation. So he was uh, going in worshiping prayer and receiving and receiving these prophetic words that have been written. And they are about Israel and Israel's future and the future of the world. It's a good book to read. You should go in and really, if you haven't read it, right, and I need to go back and go from chapter one to the end all over again, because it is pumped full. God's word is just so full. It's so full. And here we are living now out the prophecy. These guys are experiencing exactly what has been written. Prophetically, it has been spoken. And they don't see it. Finally, we are told that nevertheless, among the chief rulers, also many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. We talked about that in the last chapter, uh, chapter 11. They don't want to be put out of the synagogue. I believe, but I, I, I can't leave this particular church. You know, they don't believe, but I believe. Oh my goodness, I just, mm. well, you deal with that one in your own heart and mind. For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. If you see me, you see God. If you believe me, you believe God because I have come a light unto the world that whoever believes on me should not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my word and believe not, I do not judge him. Listen to this, guys. I'm not judging you. I didn't come to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejects me and receives not my words hath one that judges him. And who is that, you wonder? The word, the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in that day. I told you one night, I'm, I'm contemplating this word, and I said in my bed, I would think I was asleep. I woke up saying, God, crucify my words. Don't let my words be against me 
in the day of judgment. Fix my mouth to speak your words alone, your sentiments, your feelings, your truths. I need to be like Isaiah, purified. Touch my lips with those hot coals. Burn in me, glory, God. Burn in me. Burn in me your word, your likeness, just like the, oh, who is it, the uh, the uh, blacksmith, right? He takes those coal irons and he brands those guys. I want to be branded by you, Father. I want to be branded, but not on the outside only, inside. Don't just wash my feet like Peter said. Wash me from top to bottom. Let it be that I am cleansed. So he says, I'm not judging you, but the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken of myself, but the father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, which I should say, and what I should speak, what I should say, and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Listen to that. His commandment is life everlasting. And whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. Glory to God, glory to God. Have you ever met such a figure as Jesus Christ? Well, the answer is yes, if you've met him. Yes, if you've given over to him. Yes, if you are in communion with him. Yes, if you belong to his truth, if you walk in his light, if you now are also established in him in this thing we call church. There is no other as a young girl, I used to search out. I knew the Bible. Been reading the Bible since I was probably five years old. Well, the first psalm, I, I, I memorized it before. I was in first grade. Don't know how old, but I told you, I, Mom paid me to do that, and I did it. And that psalm is in me till today. It's important to get the word in your children early. And remember, whatever's written on their hearts and minds first is what they walk in for the rest of their lives, even if they look like they're walking out. Foundation is sure. And I recall searching out other religions because I asked the Lord, how can it be, Lord God, that you would you know, let all these other people go. See, I, I'm thinking I'm just a little old mite. I used to ask him questions like that. And of course, God gave me a satisfied answer. But you know what? I would read those books and the power and the beauty and the transformation gained in reading God's word is unparalleled. That's one thing I found out. The others do not draw me in like God's own. And I thank him for that. And I thank him for you, that you are here, that you allow me to speak openly 
and share from my heart. And that you respond as I respond in his word, to his word. We're responding. Remember I told you I didn't come to do, you know, what some people can do, tell you the ins and outs of everything, right? I, 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 by the way, you know, I study and then I get up and try to talk about it and I've totally forgotten it because I didn't put it to that kind of memory. I came to hear it, to let it actually soak and saturate me. I came to respond out of what God is showing me, teaching me, using to transform me. And every day, When we read his word, every time we sit there, believe, as I'm telling you, you are being changed. Hallelujah. You are becoming what he already reckons you are. From the time that you are born again, that God has accepted you. And if you continue in his word, And his word is Jesus Christ. If you continue in his word, the change is going to take place. Oh, Lord, from night touch, we wait for the day when you, in your great power and majesty, will complete the crushing of Satan and all of his wickedness. Make us ready, Father, in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Remember, with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, we thank you, Lord, for just answering that prayer. We know it's coming because you said so. Reem's right. It's such a futile effort to fight the perceived enemy in our own strength. We end up frustrated, angry, and sad. It's truly futile and disheartening. When we leave Christ out of the fight, we grow so weary. Help me, Jesus. Yes, and help us all, Father. Help every one of us who steadily, onwardly call on your name. And, and we, we move, right, knowing that it's you who make the difference in us. Help me, Jesus, and thank you, Lord, for we know according to his word that he is not willing for any to perish, but that all shall come to repentance. So when we repent, glory to God. Thank you, Father. You care enough to forgive us. Reems right. the battle is not ours. Light touch, amen, the battle is the Lord's. Reems hard to kick against the prick and when Quabina Bay came in, we welcome you, Quabina. Amen. Fix me, Jesus. Hallelujah. Very excellent journey through chapter 12. I love the picture of Jesus' humility and love in this chapter from Light Touch. She's sending us claps. I love Light Touch to be on. I miss it when you're not because I. she always sends those beautiful hearts and those hand claps <laughs> so much. To just help us to worship, right? It's a worship. Very thorough and rich delivery. Ah, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord, Sister Reams. Thank you. And, and Gabs. Hallelujah. Praise him for his glorious love. I tell you, 
most important to teach our children about the wonderful, merciful Savior Jesus Christ. And we have Juma Olivia into the, and we have uh, Shreese, praise be to God, and Freshen, thank you so much. Um, we, we're going to end with me. I'm going to speak this, um, one night I actually am going to read, I think, a very poignant piece of, um, poetry. <laughs> that it was a revelation as I talked to my son. And the title of that poem, poem is clearer still. Now God has given me many moments to really reflect and write out. And when I do that, I never thought I was writing it for anyone else. And then one day it occurred to me, you know, we don't do things in um, in a corner. We don't put our light under a bushel. So if God revealed it to me in a specific way, he might be wanting me to reveal it to somebody else who could be blessed by it. So the poem is titled Clearer Still. And what that poem does is as we make, you know, we, we're walking through life and we think we're seeing what really we cannot see. And as we walk with Christ, it becomes more and more apparent what we didn't know we were looking at. <laughs> so God opens sort of a window, he gives us a, a window into truth and into the, the discernment that comes with knowing him. So when you look at a particular thing, you think it's that the Holy Spirit comes in, will tell you what it truly is, right? And that's what Jesus says. If you walk in the light, you will not be overtaken with darkness. We won't be if we walk in the light. He is the light and his light is the life of men. Pastor Thomas says, praise the Lord for all he allows us to do in his name. Amen. Amen. Full exposition is always good. Thank you, Anna Kane, Sharice. I'm so glad you guys are here. And I look forward to each of you uh, sitting in this same coat. You know, I'll give you the uh, seat that night. Be very pleased to because when you speak, I am blessed. May our Lord God give us uh, hunger uh, for his word. May we thirst for his righteousness. May we reach out to him and cry for his mercy that we may grow stronger and stronger and become more and more like him. If I could find it also, there is a great, um, I forget her name. Oh my goodness. She worked with the Ravi team and she wrote a piece called the Imago, Imago Dei. And she really, really wrote, wrote, writes beautifully about the image of God. Oh my goodness. It was such a great writing. I will uh, look for it and see if we can find it again and uh, share with you guys all these wonderful things that the Lord has shared with me. And let me tell you, I am so very blessed to be able to sit and read and share with anyone. And I tell you all the time, you know, if nobody comes up, I do the same thing I did tonight. I just keep going because it's such an uplifting moment. It's such a moment of revelation. It's such a fellowship 
to read the Lord's word and then to talk, talk it through. When I talk about him, you know, it just gets clearer. And when I talk about him, he's talking to me. He's talking to me. He's sharing things that I did not know. And it's good for all of you to do the same, which is why I am so willing for you to do it with me. Let me know. Sharice writes, great great to hear your voice. I'm happy it went well as usual. Blessings to you and blessings to you also. And with that, I think we have exhausted our time. May our God bless you wherever you are. Tony Richie, get good sleep. And uh, he, Tony, it's a it's an odd hour for Tony. He gets up for school. I am just so impressed with the Lord's doings that he would even stay up to hear us. And I don't know how many more are doing the same thing. But God bless and keep us all. May the Lord wrap you in his precious love. May you feel it as if his arms are, and they are, really and truly, you will know it. God is very near. And we are so blessed that he is near to us. May you go forth in your daily vicissitudes between now and our next meeting time. And may you do as I prayed for my uh, pastor friend this morning. Check off in each day from the to-do list that God has in the plan for your life. We go rejoicing. He is a wonderful Lord. Remember, he sets a beautiful table. Beautiful table filled with wonderful, delectable, good dishes that nourish us. Not like what we eat in the world, you know, that kind of will cause you to suffer if you eat too much of a good thing. (laughs) God's word is good and we are nourished and we just get stronger and stronger ready to walk into the eternal glory, that place that he has prepared for us. Guys, have a wonderful, wonderful time of day wherever you are. And I pray that the Lord keep you and that we meet again. Thank you so much for being a part. Hallelujah.